January 22nd, and the United States government is shut down. Yeah, this thing's been pinwheeling for a while. Uh, it's probably time for a hard reboot. America 2, Secret of the Ooze. Speaking of sequels, let's talk about the sequel to Money. Bitcoin. And we'll talk about why Google's new art app might be doing something more sinister than just matching your face to a famous portrait. America is spying on your Benjamin Franklin looking ass. I told you, Chad, that was just a bad angle. Yeah, but we got some good angles for you on this episode of The American Race. Chad, Bitcoin is up. Bitcoin is down. What is Bitcoin? Uh, I'm not sure. But I can tell you my best understanding of it. Okay. As Stefan would say, Bitcoin is America's hottest new currency. <laughs> and this money has everything. Blockchains, cryptography, a mysterious founder named Satoshi Nakamoto. Hmm? Uh, in other words, I don't really know what it is. Other than it's some kind of decentralized currency. And it uses codes that represent coins, and each of those coins' value is based on what people will pay for it, but let's listen to the news. Bitcoin crossing the $14,000 mark. Cryptocurrency surpassing 15,000 for the first time ever. Now it looks like we may hit the 17,000 mark. Bitcoin's price has been on a, a wild, wild ride. ride. 2017 alone saw massive Ooh. gains, starting the year at under $1,000 and at its peak breaking 19000 That sounds stable Bitcoin's to me. Bitcoin's popularity surges <laughs> and its price rises and falls. More and more people are asking the same question. How does Bitcoin, something that's essentially invisible and intangible, have value? That answer starts with basic So economics. it's based on nothing, and people can In just econ, decide what it's worth. one easy way to think about value is like this. Just gotta believe. Something has value if it checks <laughs> the following two boxes. Bitcoin is kind of like the force. Utility. Scarcity just means that the is supply is finite. And in the case of Bitcoin, there's actually a set cap on the number of Bitcoins that can ever exist, 21 million. Ben Yu, a blockchain expert living in San Francisco, says this set cap makes it more desirable than other assets, even gold. We can have things like the California Gold mm. Rush. My question is, this, the wild rides, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, the twists, the turns of all this, um, how is this not the dot-com bubble all over again? How is this not a bunch of people throwing money at a technology that we haven't figured out yet and that we don't fully understand and we don't really know what it's be going to become. Uh, how is this not that? Listen, how is this not pets.com? I am not an expert when it comes to Bitcoin. I'm not an economist. Uh, I don't do investments, any of that stuff. But it does very much seem like more of the same. I mean, I've kind of always worried, wondered that about the stock market and our economy in general. So much of it is based on faith. Like when you think of credit, Mm -hmm. You know, so much of it is just based on like an idea. Even listening to that clip when they were like, well, it's only you can only have so many Bitcoins that exist until you change that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, that five dollar bill is worth five times that one dollar bill because we say so. Like it's only I mean, that's all it really is. It's made of the same paper and stuff mm -hmm. like that. The fact that gold, well, we should have a gold standard because gold is worth gold is worth what we say it's worth. And yeah. this Bitcoin, it seems like the same thing which it's just another it's just a different veneer yeah you know and i've always said interestingly enough when i look in the annals of history and i look at the british let's kind of go go off the side here yeah i think man these people came from this small island that's kind of close to the arctic circle and 
you know, colonized, took over two thirds of the world. Like, yo, they were nautical as fuck. Like, <laughs> they were really good with ships. And I feel like when people go back and look at America, if, and again, for them, it's for better, for worse, because there was some good that came with that. And of course, there was a lot of bad that came with mm-hmm. that. And I think when people look at <laughs> Bitcoin and just our, you know, market based economy in general, man, we could, mon- we can monetize anything. Yes. Like, we are so good at that. And Bitcoin just seems like another one. So how is it different from the dot-com boom? I don't know because the bubble hadn't burst yet. But <laughs> Yeah. Mm. My thing is that this whole phenomenon seems like a lot of other things that are coming out of the tech industry in general where it's like sometimes we're so desperate to reinvent the wheel that we don't realize it's just like, hey, why don't we just go to like the auto parts store and just get a new wheel wheel. like like or just fix the one we have like bitcoin has this kind of strain of libertarian like the systems are corrupt so let's disrupt the system like banking is all you know it's gone awry and it's it's like the central hub of all the evil in the world you know Mm -hmm. the corporate banking system which granted there's a lot of truth to that a lot of truth to that um but that kind of attitude of like let's burn the whole thing down kind of got us in the current political situation that we're in where it's like fuck it like the government sucks so let's elect the most insane molotov cocktail that's possible and just throw it at the whole thing and see what happens it's amazing how quick we forget 10 years ago or a year ago or 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 even a year ago right yeah and so i think we need to get rid of this notion that we can create some sort of utopian solution to things to the point where we don't have to be responsible for ourselves and each other right like i get the appeal of a decentralized banking system like that makes a lot of sense but what we're also learning through this whole bitcoin experiment as i was reading about it is like there's a reason we started using central banking in the first place it's like right you have something that's worth a lot you need somebody to take care of it and watch over it and make sure it's safe mm-hmm. and you need someone trustworthy and so i get the appeal of doing it that way but then you know you have your bitcoin wallet and then what it's not regulated and there's no laws protecting it and then some guy just right. takes all of those bitcoins and he's just like uh you know I know I said I'm about this grand experiment, this utopia that we're creating right. of currency, but you know what else is cool is uh, having millions of dollars and living in the Bahamas. So I'm out like peace. I'm not, I'm not really about the Bitcoin thing anymore. Yeah. I'm just about being rich. And then they're like, well, what do I do? What do I do? Like, and it's like, okay, now you see, this is why we have regulations. Yes. This is why we have laws. This is why we are a country of these, these systems that we've created. The answer is not necessarily creating a different currency. The answer is not necessarily creating a different bank, right? Mm-hmm. What sometimes and I'm not saying this stuff isn't a good idea and that it might be useful down the road, but I'm just saying like why don't why don't we just first like try fixing the banking systems that we have exactly. that we've put years and years and decades and decades of thought into creating in the first place. Right. So I, I just think that we're so quick to burn it down to the point where I almost think people like chaos sometimes. It's like it's more exciting. And I, I just wonder why we're so quick to get rid of the money system that we have when, when it's so complex. It's worked for so long. And the real problem is just maybe just tweaking it. Correct. And when you talk about people who like chaos, the people who like chaos or so, so to speak, say that they like chaos uh-huh. are people who can afford to endure it. Like you have to come from a yeah. place of privilege 
to be able to ah, burn it down. So when I think of Bitcoin and stuff like this, okay, or just any kind of whatever kind of decentralized banking you want to do. Now, far be it from me to suggest that well, banks are the solution to bringing up, you know, the people at the lowest rungs of society. Yeah. But I wonder when you come up with any decentralized banking system, how I would need instructions on how it's going to benefit and how you're going to provide access to people who may not have knowledge about it, people who aren't going to be in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is this, if you're going to tell me that you're just going to rely on people who have a bunch of Bitcoin or that guy that you said, hey, let's go to the islands or whatever. <laughs> now that's starting to sound a lot like trickle down economics. And now that's not starting to sound too different from what we've been doing all along and exactly. what's been a problem all along. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, maybe we fix what we already have. Or if we do want to burn it down, can we save some of the pieces and like learn from it and how to make it better? Or are we just going to blow all this shit up? Because if we're going to do that, then like you said, it's just going to be a repeating occurrence of each of the, the housing boom, mm-hmm. bubble, gone. Yeah. Dot com, bubble, gone. Yeah. Like, is this the next up? And that's what it seems like because right. that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like systems aren't the problem; it's the, the nefarious people. people. Yes, that get into those systems. It's that bullshit that people try to say about guns. You know, <laughs> guns don't kill good people. People kill people. Uh, okay, that's another argument for another day. But yeah, with these systems, that's it's, that's the problem. Yeah, it's the people who run it. Exactly. And so you see this turning into exactly what we already have because I I guarantee you, once Bitcoin is worth enough money. Everybody in Wall Street's going to turn their head that way and be like, what's happening over there? How do I get a taste of that? Like, how do I get into that? A lot of it's already happening. And then if those people go there, it'll be the same thing. So we have to regulate those people, people. not the system itself. I mean, we we do that by regulating the system itself. But like, it's not necessarily the system itself. It's about controlling those people who have nefarious motives. You go to a country like Canada, where it has a highly regulated banking system, you ask them what they think about their bankers, they're like, uh, I don't know, he's a nice guy, he's super boring, he's like a nerd <laughs> with like a calculator. You yeah. know, it's not this like high wheeling and dealing like Wild West kind of right. system that we have where we think Wolf of bankers as like, and... yeah, like Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> right. screaming into a microphone and doing like eight pounds of coke. Yeah. So it's just, you are the system you create and we've created a banking system yeah. that is dangerous but I don't think Bitcoin's going to change that if the same people are getting involved. Nope. Can't see it. All of these things are a reflection of the culture. If you don't yes. change the culture, the people won't change. And if the people don't change, that's what the regulations are in place for. Exactly. All right, Chad, this next story is tricky. Lots of stumbling blocks here for us as two men. We are possibly setting ourselves up for failure. But I thought it would be disingenuous, uh, considering all the stuff we've talked about so far, considering the time that we live in, for us not to talk about the Aziz Ansari story that came out this week. Um, the Me Too movement has really been one of the most important things that has taken place, right, since, right. We, since we began. So I, I thought this story was telling because I, I really felt like it added a new layer to that conversation. This isn't the blatant, horrific kind of sexual assault that we're talking about with Harvey Weinstein. This isn't, mm-hmm. you know, preying on the weak like we were talking about with Roy Moore. Uh, the story that came out in Babe.net um, from an anonymous woman who called herself Grace, who went on a date with Aziz Ansari, is more of what I would call a gray area. Um, and I, I use that term as as with as much kindness and compassion as I right. possibly can. But essentially what happened is they went on a date. Things did not go, in, go as planned. Nothing illegal happened per se, according to this story. But 
Aziz had her back to his place. Things went really fast. He kept pushing for sex. Like he kept pushing her hand onto onto his dick. He Mm -hmm. was like trying to talk her into it. He was bending her over and saying, where do you want to fuck me? Or where do you want me to fuck you? Uh, And she ended up really upset after this whole thing. She went into the bathroom at one point and cried. Then she went home and it kind of like washed over her and she felt kind of taken advantage of. And so upon reading this, I really felt like there's a legitimate question um, about what this all means. Now, I, I will say this too as a caveat. Like, there is a definite conversation to be had about Az- Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. someone who has written a book literally about mm. human relationships uh, that was a New York Times bestseller and someone who considers himself an ally of women and who wore a Time's Up pin at the Golden Globes, I think. And, yeah. like, you know, and, and has really, he basically portrays himself as being extremely woke, right? Correct. Um, and knowing about this stuff. So that that conversation is a different conversation that he should have known better. And that's what makes this particular um, event really troublesome. But the conversation I wanted to have is the events that happen that are like this, that are by people who might not know better, men in general. Because I think the question now is, what do we do to make this better? How do we move forward and how do we improve upon the dynamics, the sexual dynamics of power and relationships between men and women going forward? There's certainly levels of this shit. Um, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's a gray area and I say that as well with as much kindness as possible um, and not with any other ulterior motives beyond that. But it, so much of it is gray because as men, we have years of social conditioning, particularly in this country, in the society, where it is just... Man, if you're a man, look, just as simple as when we get married, a man settles down. You go from many to one, and it mm. is for you to go out there and conquer women. There's Treat them as conquests. It's like some Pokemon shit. Collect them all, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then for women, it's from, from day one, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Find your one Prince Charming, so on and so forth. So we each take those experiences and go about our lives, and it kind of you know, from that conditioning and those experiences manifest themselves in different ways. And I think there's a discussion that needs to take place because a lot of men probably don't, unfortunately, you know, do not know that what took place, that it's not just about it being, well, this wasn't a legal issue. Yeah. Okay. You know what? But I could talk to you about that and I could say, hey, if you had a daughter and this happened to your daughter, how would you feel about that? Mind you, it's not a legal issue. Yeah, just because it's not just because it's not illegal doesn't mean it's not Correct. detrimental to our society as a whole. Doesn't mean it's not it doesn't really suck and is not horrible for women. As a black man in this country, seeing how there have been times where we have had to suffer and it's been a matter of, well, it's not legal. Hey, you know what? Slavery wasn't illegal at one point. Yeah. That was the law of the land. And, you know, people could try and act like, oh, well, that's an extreme example. It's really not. Like this isn't about legalities. This is about, again, this is about culture. This is about society. This is about how do we go about creating a place that's for the best environment for all of us, mm-hmm. men and women. And yeah. for men specifically, because we are in a place of privilege in this country, you know, it is incumbent upon us to listen to our female counterparts and learn how to make this better. Why was this wrong? You know, why is this a story? Mm-hmm. If you were so caught up in, well, he didn't break any laws and it's not, like you said, it's not like Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby, stuff like that. Then you need to listen. Yeah. You know, just shut up and listen. Because a lot of women will tell you, like, this 
is the exhausting experience of their life. Yeah. Right? And I can tell you from my own personal experiences, this is this is the way that I thought about women when I was younger. Yeah. Is that it's my job as a guy to try to get as far as I can with a girl as mm-hmm. I can. And it's her job to decide when that line ends. Right. And and that is a that's a shitty thing to say. Yeah. And no one taught me that per se. Culture taught me that. Yeah. And no one no one in my family, you know, taught me it was okay to tr- mistreat women. I don't think I've ever like been specifically unkind to people in that way. But this is an unkind activity, right? That behavior is unkind in itself. It's exhausting for the people that it, that it happens to. And and no one also uh, the flip side of that coin is no one said don't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, right? No one ever sat me down and told me don't do this because this is how it makes women feel. So I guess where I come from is like my whole thing is that sometimes there is the obvious right side to give the benefit of the doubt to. And in this case, like that is that is obviously women. So I don't want to say this. So so nothing I'm saying when I try to defend or or ask for some level of compassion towards men is a pushback to the movement at all. Not at I just all. want to be very clear to like that. Yeah. Like to me, this is uh, I'm not I'm not like here to throw out. Well, they're mutually actions. exclusive. You know, you yeah. can ask for that and still be in support. And I would ask for that. So I can make sure that I am in line with the movement. Yeah. I, look, I have a mother. I have a sister. There will be a 50% chance when the time comes for me to have a kid, I can have a daughter. Yeah. You know, so this is something that's important to me. It affects me. I won't, I don't imagine finding myself in her position, but I, look, one of my cousins just, she's a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. You know, I would flip shit if she had this story to tell me. As a matter of fact, she came back from college uh, the first semester this past um, December, and she said she had a story to tell me about a boy. And fortunately, it was not this at all. Had it been that, I it, I don't know what I've done. And honestly, like it's not even about people we know or our friends. It's yeah. just like, I, I don't want anybody to have an experience where they yeah. go on a date and they end up crying and feeling horrible afterwards and yeah. feeling like something happened to them that they can't get back. Like That's just not what we want. And I guess that's what I'm saying when I say like, I guess I want women to have the power and and I, I guess like that power also comes with like I hope women understand that men are trained by society to be emotionless, right? right. We're told to be aggressive and competitive and when it comes to relationships specifically, we are taught that a lot of our self-worth is tied up into, as you said, the acquisition of women. And if right. we don't do that, we are worthless and we're weak and we're bad and we're not good you know, American men or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm just saying like, I'm not trying to excuse the behavior at all. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I think women also have to be aware that if you're hoping a man picks up on your emotional cues, it's not necessarily because he's a bad guy. I yeah. don't think that's true. I really don't believe that that's true. Aziz Ansari case aside. Aside, correct. I think a lot of times guys just don't know mm-hmm. this stuff. And I think, honestly, if we're getting really, really deep and honest about this, I think a lot of men don't want to be that guy. Yeah. They don't want to be the guy who has to be a player. They want to be in love, and they want to have someone who cares about them, and they want to show that side of themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we all want. So I think, to me, this is like a human thing. How can we make our interactions with each other better? And I and I, so I would say, like, men, obviously, we need to listen and understand that this is a huge problem right. and that that, aggress- that aggression is deeply unsettling to women but on the other side i think women the more you tell us the better 
Please. You know, because I think a lot we're at a place now in the culture where a lot of people want to listen. And if there are any women who feel frustrated, because women have been trying to give cues as to what's going on for a long time. Yes. Again, I'm particularly empathetic to this movement and to just women's causes in general because I see so many parallels with the black movement in this yeah. country um, and being disenfranchised, marginalized, and how you're being treated and having you know those from a position of privilege treat you as if you're crying wolf. Mm-hmm. If you're a man and you're going to be an ally to this movement, like you said, it's for us to ask women, hey, help us out here. What do we do? Um, I understand any frustration with I've been trying to talk to you and tell you this shit for so long and how exhausting that can get. Yeah. I can certainly relate to that as a black guy here. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, help us be better. And yeah. men. And it, 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 shut up. Shut. Just <laughs> shut up. Like, if you care to be better, ask for it, be empathetic, and then shut the hell up. And then mm-hmm. when you've been told, apply and do better. Yeah. Do better, do more. Pass it along. Each one, teach one. And understand that you don't have to be the way that the world tells you that you have to be right and start unpacking that shit inside of you. Cause it takes some time to learn. You know? Yeah. And don't engage in devil's advocacy. None of that shit. Yeah. Like that's so counterproductive. Don't do that. If you do that, you're, you're not genuine, you know, you're yes. not trying to do anything better. Sometimes we can make the cases about where, whether frustration makes, you know, helps the movement or doesn't, but you have to understand like how uneven the scales are yeah. and just let like, like, if women want to vent about this shit and say all men are trash and like just let it like get it off their chest, like I feel that because they're human beings and like this has gone on for so long that I understand the the frustration. The unfortunate situation for women is that women could sit here and talk about how trash men are and at times we often are, mm-hmm. and a man can get all in their feelings about that. Hey, you know what'll make you feel better? You're probably going to be making more money than her still the next day. She's yep. going to be paid 77 cents on the dollar or whatever it is. So it's okay for you to just listen. Just calm down. <laughs> yes. You're not coming from a place where, oh, it's reversed. No, it's not. Yeah. Just shut up. Listen. Do better. Simple yeah. as that. The, the power the, dynamics on this are very clear. It's pretty sweet to be a guy in yeah, America. exactly. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's something we all, if we just kind of like take our shields, our guards down a little yeah. bit, we can, we can move forward. Yep. Well, Chad, now for something a bit lighter. Uh, not literally, of course, because <laughs> Trump took his uh, fat old ass to the doctor. <laughs> and uh, his doctor had nothing but glowing things to say about him, surprisingly. In summary, the president's overall health is excellent. His cardiac performance during his physical exam was very good. He continues to enjoy the significant long-term cardiac and overall health benefits that come from a lifetime of abstinence from tobacco and alcohol. We discussed (laughs) diet, exercise, and weight loss. He would benefit from a diet that is lower in fat and carbohydrates and from a routine exercise regimen. He has a history of elevated cholesterol and is currently (laughs) in a low dose of Crestor. In order to further reduce his cholesterol level and further decrease his cardiac risk, we will increase the dose of this particular medication. Mm, crank All that clinical bitch up. data <laughs> indicates that the president is currently very healthy and that he will remain so for the duration of his presidency. So, huh. you know, I think the president, uh, you Nothing know, he blowing talked, things he would, to say he here like about uh, his Big Mac filled body. Um, but I, I brought this up because like a lot of people were obviously laughing at this and making it, I don't know, it's funny. I don't know why it's funny to me, but it is funny. Oh, you know why it's funny. <laughs> you know why it's funny. May I interject, say why it's of funny? Of course. Listen. Body shaming is not cool. <laughs> but when you are a piece of shit and you're a horrible person, at that point, I don't care anymore. I know. I'm, like, 
I'm all on board for Team Petty with that. And no. Hey, you know what? Also, like how last week we were like, hey, he's racist. Hey, he's fat. He's obese. <laughs> These are facts. That's just what it is at this point. I don't need this doctor to come out and tell me that he's some CrossFit bro. Or something. <laughs> yeah. No, he's fat. And he's going to get fatter. And according to Sanjay Gupta, he has heart disease. Yeah. And he is 0.1 away from being, like what they say, he's 29.9 body mass index, 30 is obesity. Yeah, and he lied about his height to basically make it to where he wasn't obese. Look, man, he is round. Look at him. <laughs> he is fat. He is. He's, he's fat. I said, well, I bring this up because I yeah. saw this article in the, in the uh, New York Daily News that said exactly what you're talking about. There is no excuse... This is the title of the article. There's no excuse <laughs> for fat shaming Donald Trump. And mm. I was like, but isn't there though? Like, <laughs> like, I agree with what you're saying in principle. Yeah. You know, take the high road and all that. But it like, but in this particular case, doesn't the fact that he's enormous kind of matter? Like, doesn't the fact that he has this just general carriage kind of, isn't it kind of indicative about everything else that he's done? Isn't it like, Aren't his like Mickey D till I die eating habits kind of informative <laughs> of like the person that MAGA he is? MAGA is a diet plan as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a way of life for real. McDonald's is a stupid thing to eat. It's a lazy thing to eat. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very indulgent thing to eat. Yes. And what about the Trump presidency is not stupid, lazy, and indulgent, right? You know how disrespectful it has to be to the office of the presidency that when you are the most powerful man in the world... You can. I, I would imagine you can eat whatever you want. I think of like Akeem and coming to America. You got that. Like all of that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you choose to eat McDonald's and Diet Coke. On the reg. Like every day. Are you Every meal. Me? Yeah, it's fine. You know, you want to go out and get someone's, hey, I'm a normal guy. I yeah. get it. I remember Clinton doing that and you know, the 90s. And boy, is it funny? Because remember, we used to try and fat shame him back in the day. And yeah. oh, how far we have come. <laughs> uh Man. The waistband has progressed faster than anything in America, really. (laughs) The waistband of our president. Um, I get that we're not supposed to fat shame people. I understand that there are lots of societal pressures, you know, Mm -hmm. handed down by, like, the fashion world and culture and TV and whatnot. But, like, can we also just agree that this is not that? Like, Like you said, he's a horrible fucking person. And, like, do I have to be proud of everyone for everything? Like... No. Hey, you consume 12,000 calories and watch 10 hours of fucking TV a day. Like, awesome. Way to go. You're doing a great job. Like, I'm so proud of you. I would dare not ever say that you're not amazing in every way. Like, this guy is a public servant, not a fucking Big Mac taste tester. And he works for us. So I don't think I have to be thrilled that he's, like, swelling up like he just got stung by, like, a thousand bees. Like, I'm not here for that. So, yes, I will fat shame him. And like I said, it's not just me being like fat people are garbage. I'm just saying that Donald Trump is garbage. And this, the fact that he's fat is indicative of that. Yeah, he's garbage. That happens to be fat. Garbage comes in many forms. (laughs) It does. You know, if there's brown garbage, purple garbage, whatever. Maybe there's garbage that had like a steak in it. Maybe there's rotted turkey meat. Uh, (laughs) But he's garbage. And this one happens to be fat. Yeah. With the toupee. Yes. And orange. And orange. orange. This is... (laughs) facts what's the problem i don't think there's a problem and so i just think we can like i said context right yeah we can pick and choose when things matter and when they don't i get it this is different and i'm i'm here for the i'm here for the fat jokes i'm here for all of them (laughs)
Get them while you can. Hook them into my veins. Shoot them directly into my veins, <laughs> like the cholesterol <laughs> shooting through Donald Trump's veins from Big Mac hamburgers. That's what I want. He'll be all right. <laughs> or won't he? I don't know. I don't care. So, Chad, Diane Feinstein, senator from California, uh, essentially handed in her retirement papers on Tuesday. <laughs> When she and, along with 17 other Democrats, voted to continue the FBI's warrantless spying on Americans' digital communications. Um, under the law that they passed, Section 702, uh, the Attorney General can use electro- electronic surveillance on anyone that he sees fit. And 18 Democratic senators voted for this thing. And all I have to say is, what are they doing? Like, I, like this, this was infuriated me. This was baffling. You cannot sit here as the Democratic Party and tell me every day that Donald Trump's administration is the worst thing that's ever happened in America, one, and that Jeff Sessions is the fucking boogeyman, and then literally hand over the ability and the authority for him to surveil anybody in this country he wants whenever he sees fit, especially considering that the fact that this is a guy, Jeff Sessions, who literally at the beginning of his tenure as attorney general tried to prosecute a woman for laughing at him. Hmm. Like we, the Democrats, if they don't have the spine on these kind of issues, this is the kind of stuff that when they do this kind of thing makes everybody be like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Nothing makes a difference. They're all corrupt. Like, this is the kind of stuff that makes people want to throw up their hands and just be like, what does it matter? I'm a nihilist now. I'm the Joker in The Dark Knight, and I'm going to explode the hospital. (laughs) Like, I don't give a fuck anymore, and I'm going to start wearing, you know, face paint. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we saw, and this was the whole reason for the beef in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. You know, this is why you had people who were burning a bus. And you can sit there and shame them and be like, no, vote, get on board. But all of these are related. Like you said, you can't paint Jeff Sessions as this and be like, we want him out of here. Oh, but here, take some more authority along the way. What are you doing? I I just think that Republicans at some point, it's probably just a waiting game for them. They just laugh. It's just a matter of time before Democrats can't get out of their own way. And again, this just goes so. This is why the party still is not galvanized. This is why the party still isn't united. Because people can't tell, who are you? Are you Democrats? Or are you Republicans? Mm-hmm. You know, just like you can't claim that you're progressive, progressive, progressive and start pushing a bunch of neoliberal policies. Those two things are, in fact, mutually exclusive. It seems like they've become that way because this is right. this is kind of part of the general like police state, mm-hmm. infinite war on terror, spying on everybody. This is the kind of vibe that people are just sick of. It's yeah. like, how can you tell me that you're on my side and then you want to spy on me? You do not trust me. How can you vote and say, like literally so many of these same senators voted and said that Jeff Sessions was unfit right. to even hold this job. And now you're going to give this guy, somebody who is super fucking racist, by the way. Yep. <laughs> like, What do you who, think he's going to do with this? <laughs> You do, like we just saw a story, okay? That this this week, like right before this vote, that came out yeah. in the news that the Justice Department uh, helped a county prosecutor target climate change activists who were protesting the Dakota Access Pipeline. I will give you a guess about uh, what ethnicity these mm. protesters were, and the answer is they were not white. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes. So this is a guy who's going after Native Americans. This is a guy who was too racist in the 80s 
to be a judge. And you're going to tell me that I'm just supposed to trust Jeff Sessions will do the right thing with, with this. You're going to tell me that a guy who is literally ignoring white supremacy groups and doing everything he can to roll back the laws and investigations going on to that, you know, the, the, the laws that we have in place that portray those groups as terrorist orga- organizations as they were deemed, you know, for many years now. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who's trying to roll back, not prosecute and not follow through on those investigations. This is a guy who has no interest in hate crimes, any sort of white nationalism. And so his judgment is not really something I'm here for to rely on. I'm not really here to be like, eh, it'll, it'll be okay. It'll work out. I'll give all the power to him without checks and just hope that he does the right thing. This is the problem. Like, if it was so, if it was such a, a safe, correct, right thing to do, why does it need to be unchecked? Why can't there be guidelines? Why can't right. there be some laws in place around this to rein this in? Was our government not built off of checks and balances? Is I thought that, that was the, the whole, whole point. Kind of vibe? Thought that was the whole point. This is the kind of thing where if we go through the government shutdown here and the Democrats cave on DACA, mm-hmm. they need to realize that these political issues are not unconnected. Yeah, none of them exist independently unto themselves in a vacuum. Yes. It's about showing people that you want to stand up and fight for them. Right. Like to me, the DACA issue is not about an immigration issue. And I don't think a lot of people see it this way who are going to be the people who win you elections. People see it as like, this is our chance to stand up to these people for something we care about and tell them no. Right. And this was another example. And 18 of these people voted yes. And some of them I understand, like Joe Manchin in West Virginia, he's basically a Republican. Right. But Dianne Feinstein... I can't get down with that. And she's probably going to lose her Senate seat because of this. I hope so. And I think that it, these people need to understand that that's how it's going to play out if you don't do what we say. Which is why, as I've been saying all along, it's time for the leadership to change in the Democratic Party. Yes. I mean, if, if you can't get with more progressive ideals, if you can't ride the new wave that's coming, you know, it's, at this point, it's get down or lay down or get out. Mm-hmm. So they got to go. Yeah. Uh, Chad... <laughs> <laughs> what in the hell is Justin Timberlake doing? Uh, did this guy like, did he fall down some stairs and maybe like hit his head or something? Like this album that he's been rolling out for the last. So one of the reasons I bring this up is because the Super Bowl is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake is going to be the Super Bowl halftime entertainment. Again, he's going to redeem himself for Nipplegate, I guess, or try to. But I feel like that that redemption is not going very well because this album and the teasers that he's putting out, I don't really know what the fuck is going on with it, with this. Let, let's, let's listen to the teaser first. Okay. This album is really inspired by my son, my wife, my family, but more so than any other album I've ever written. It's called Man of the Woods. Where I'm from. And it's personal. It's personal. It's about where he's from. There's bonfires in the background. There's a wild horse running around. Is that what goes on in Memphis? Known for its horse riding, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's bonfires. It feels like mountains, trees. Jessica Biel charming in. Campfires. Mountains, trees, campfires. Like the Wild West, like now. Like the Wild West, like now. Which is great because the first. <laughs> that teaser came out, and then literally the first uh, song man. is called Filthy. And it's about a sexy robot that's dancing that he, he's like looking at. He's like in this Steve Jobs outfit and he's like looking at it like he wants to fuck this robot. And I'm like, what? How is that this? He... You don't think about robots when you think of Man of the Woods? <laughs> man of the Woods, 
my first single is me as a <laughs> keynote speaker at the Apple conference, introducing the world's first sex robot. Here we go. All right, here we go. I don't really vibe. I don't really see a song called Filthy with a robot in it. I don't really see that vibing with this kind of Americana yeah. family and mountains thing that he's got, he's got going on. I don't know. Look, I, I've seen this act before, Justin. <laughs> I saw Miley Cyrus do this a couple years ago. Where, you know, we all remember her twerking or whatever, her attempted twerks mm-hmm. on stage on Robin Thicke at the MTV Awards a few years back. And, you know, when she was all tongue out and it was the whole hip hop thing. And now we see her trying to get back a little bit to that. Hey, I'm the daughter of Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. A country singer that had a mullet, uh-huh. a majestic mullet, but a mullet at that. Um, look, man, I, it, it goes back to the old Paul Mooney adage. Everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga. <laughs> and yeah, I get it. Listen, I know as a black man, it is exhausting. <laughs> so I'd imagine if you don't have to live that, you can only do it for so long. Yeah. And then you get tired and you quote unquote, go back to your roots. Yes. Or are you riding this whole MAGA wave? Did some A&Rs get in your ear about, well, Justin, we kind of want to go in a different direction here because... Which, if he's believing that, I mean, I understand, yes, his maybe his perception of blackness is something that, it's nicer if I just dip in and out just of to, it. Yeah, 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 just yeah. to say, I get just it. Try, try it on for it's a little safe. bit. Yeah, see how safe. it feels. Yeah. Which he's been accused of before, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, when he's he's kind of not spoken out for the right things or yeah. said, hey, we're all human beings. And like did that with Jesse Williams a couple years back. Exactly. And Jesse Williams was like, yeah, but you kind of appropriate all this stuff. So you kind <laughs> right. of need to be on our side if you're going to do that shit. <laughs> right. So not really. But then you're exactly right, because this has the key word in it. What's that? Heritage. Oh, heritage. Okay. It's about my heritage. Oh, it's about okay. my country heritage. Mm. Mm, that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And especially because, first of all, I don't understand what Justin Timberlake is doing because that seems so tone deaf to the moment. I don't know why he would think his right. supporters are are MAGA people. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm uninformed here. Maybe he's kind of picking up some of those Post Malone people that we love so much. Hmm. But the weirdest part about that is he comes out with this, and obviously I'm joking about the sexy robot. That's just stupid. <laughs> but then this next album that he had, Supplies... Oh, it's, yeah, next track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like this weird dystopian wasteland shit where the video's going on and it's like, it, it, first of all, the video doesn't make any sense. But more importantly, he has like, he's really Kindle Jennering it. Like, like women in the video are wearing like pussy grabs back shirts. And there's like, he's like sitting in this like weird post-apocalyptic bunker where all these TVs are playing like people marching. Yeah. And he's really like soaking that shit up and he's appropriating it. But the lyrics in the song are like, Hey, I'm gonna like have sex with you, right? So it's like really, it's really totally Still like problematic, totally disparate, and doesn't really make any sense. And so I'm just, I don't know what he's doing with this political hodgepodge, or he thinks he can. This is a fence you can't play so both sides of. Justin. Nope. I, I'm Edging sorry. Those bets, yeah, and all of them, yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Look, when it comes to music and it comes to culture, a lot of these things aren't mutually exclusive, and. There's a little bit of irony in that, you know, hey, I want to kind of get away from the black thing and get back to my country roots. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to know what that's rooted in? More blackness, <laughs> buddy. Like, sorry, most, if not all of popular American music, it's rooted in that. You're yeah. never going to get away from it. I don't care how you dress it up, you know. So I don't know what he's doing here. Like you said, you can't play both sides on this. Um, and you need to understand that when you're an artist... And your job is to sell this product. Mm-hmm. P- 
people are going to perceive it as that. You know, if you were just being an artist, just being an artist and you know, I don't know if this is free or something, maybe we would look at it differently, you know, um, because I appreciate versatility for my artists. Like if you want to do country, but you can, you know, do uh, rap, R&B or whatever and do each and all the above in a respectful way and yeah. not in a, a manner of, you know, I'm just going to appropriate and dip here and take some of this because uh-huh. they like this and it's lining up my wallets. <sighs> That's fine. But when you're doing this, dude, uh, it just looks kind of it looks kind of fishy. Like you said, it looks like you're playing both sides. It looks incredibly cynical to pander to both sides of this political climate yeah. because that's what you're like. That's the difference, right? Is is you can play country music mm-hmm. and you can play more like R and B, hip hop inspired music. Like this supplies track almost sounds like it has like some trap stuff in it. It's got exactly. But like it's got the trap cadence going on with it. Yeah. From an ideological standpoint. There is no person who's like, yeah, I'm into MAGA, but I'm also going to the Women's March. That person doesn't exist. So you can't play both sides of that without looking like the most cynical, like money grabbing kind of piece of shit. And like, like I said, it kind of speaks to that problem that Justin Timberlake's already been accused of, which is just like, I'll just take what I want. I don't really have to consider what any of this means. It's just mine for all the taking. Yeah. And then you see him as well at the Golden Globes, you know, wearing like a Time's Up pen and like... Uh, does this guy actually know what he's talking about or is he just using this to make himself look good? Yeah. I don't know. And and judging by the lyrics of these songs and how like vapid they are, like Justin Timberlake is not the person who should be trying to make a political argument or political statement of any kind in any of his videos. Right. Hey, Justin, you know what? Like if you're going to do all this, just give me like, just ignore what's going on and just give me some escapist shit. Just yeah. dance around, be a good dancer and give me some good tracks to, to jam. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't mind my entertainers cool. going into multiple lanes. If, if you want to do different genres of music, I remember Bruno Mars's um, unorthodox jukebox album. Each track was kind of like a different genre of mm-hmm. music or maybe multiple genres, but a different time period in each genre. Like he had kind of like an eighties R and B track. He had like a bluesy vibe, um, you know, so on and so forth, but don't pander. Really, <laughs> all of it just warrants just just a big side eye. It's... And it seems like album form. What he responded to Jesse Williams with, <laughs> yes, like if that became sentient or you know manifest itself in the form of a musical album. Well, here it is now, ladies it's... and gentlemen, man of the woods. Yes, it's almost like he took that tweet that he that jesse williams hated so much like we're all the same right. and he was like here let me make a 20 million dollar album version of that tweet get out of that <laughs> yeah exactly so because these um, videos look expensive as shit and i would just say it's, it was the wrong thing to spend money on and and i hate it too because look i used to be a very very big justin timberlake fan me too you know um he's he's unquestionably talented whatever he decides to do with said talent i can sit here and be like nah and that's kind of the issue that I have. Yes. But undoubtedly, he's talented as hell. But, hey, use your powers for good. Don't don't use them for this. And I think this speaks to the inherent problem that we were talking about. When you get so rich, you get removed from, from the real world. Because exactly. this reminds me a little bit, too, of like when Kanye West showed up to the Occupy Wall Street mm-hmm. movement wearing like a $1,000 t-shirt. And people are just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I, Kanye, like, cool. Like, you made some awesome music. Like, you're my favorite artist of all yeah. time, probably. But, like, that's just stupid. Like, exactly. what are you doing? Like... And I feel like Justin Timberlake, you know, the people producing this album, Timberland, has been rich for like 800 years. <laughs> yeah. Pharrell is like, I think the last successful single he did was like a, a, a song 
for like Minions the movie, like Despicable <laughs> yeah, Me or some shit. Like these guys are not like people who I would say. I mean, Pharrell is cool as shit by all yeah. accounts, but like he's also not somebody I would say has like the ear, like his his like finger on the pulse. Yeah of what's going on with the average American. And and they were playing this like behind the scenes video where they're like, I can't even believe what's happening right now. Like, this oh, is crazy. Yeah, and corny. I was like, I was like, I can't believe what's happening either because no one is telling Justin Timberlake that this is a horrible idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> could someone just be like, Hey, Justin, don't do this, please. Like, let me jump on the grenade for you here. Don't do this let video. Let him go ahead and make Justin Timberlake great again. That's fine. <laughs> just... I'm here for the Jagger movement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad. That is our show for today. Woo. Breeze through it. It was a pleasure as always. Always a pleasure. I love seeing you. Doug. It's so nice to have your shining face in here. <laughs> uh, as always, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can rate us on either one. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, Chad's been posting there as usual uh, you can check us out at theamericanrace.net yes. where you can find all our videos all our podcast episodes and we will see you next week Thanks. shout out to the women's march yes hundreds and hundreds of thousands strong keep that moving loved it makes me feel so empowered and it put me in a good mood today I, I won't lie yeah. that shit makes me feel great alright see you guys next week take care everybody bye